Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to the Dion Gordon Podcast. I am your host, the connoisseur of common sense, the purveyor of authenticity, the man who calls it right down the middle, Dion Tyreek Gordon. Enough of the bullshit. Let's get to work. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the word of the day is winning. What is the definition of winning? Winning is defined as gaining, resulting in, or relating to a victory in a contest or competition. A winning streak. Can you use the word winning in a sentence? Why, yes. Yes, I can. The San Francisco 49ers are winning. Three games in a row. That's a win streak. I'll use another sentence. Life is overall better when the San Francisco 49ers are winning football games. There's a lot of shit in this world to put up with. There's coronavirus. There's a new variant coming out every day. You got police brutality. You got racial injustice going on. As a black person, I'm constantly under duress, or at least that's the way I feel. There's always something going on, so you need little things here and there in life to give you a slight reprieve, to make things a little bit more palatable, to take some of the edge off. And for me as a football fan, as a San Francisco 49er fan, I got 30 years at stake in this, in this shit. I'm old. I've been a fan since I was six years old. I'm 36. I got 30 years in the game. As a 49er fan, whenever they win, life is just a little bit better. A three-game winning streak after being three and five. Three and five, and the central figures on the team, head coach Kyle Shanahan and quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo, consistently being criticized and mocked and ridiculed and excoriated by low-life jackasses, degenerate pieces of shit such as myself on podcasts such as this one, making fun of these guys, advocating for the termination of both of their jobs, clamoring for Kyle Shanahan to get fired. For Jimmy Garoppolo to get benched, I own it. I said all those things. And I still stand by those things. Why? Because I was caught up in the moment. And what I was observing in that moment was complete and utter bullshit. They were 3-5. and five. They were playing below standard. Like I said, the Niners are a part of my life. Life is better. I got relationship problems. I live in a state where it costs too much goddamn money to do anything. To go to the fucking grocery store and get some chicken breast, you got to take out a second loan from the bank. California sucks, all right? I can't wait to leave this fucking state. The only thing good about California is that the 49ers play here. Everything else sucks. I got problems. Everyone's got problems. But you know what helps to alleviate all that shit? The 49ers being good. And that's why I take personal exception. I take umbrage, as a matter of fact with the 49ers being trash, especially when I can see and locate the reasons why they are trash. And it's so obvious to see. And when I see the central figures on the team are consistently fucking it up and making things worse than what they need to be, general manager John Lynch is culpable in that as well. And when I see the different deficiencies of the ball club, I get irritated, I get bothered. And that's why I come on a podcast such as this one. And maybe sometimes get a little bit too emotional. It happens. I'm a fan, and fan is short for fanatic. These kind of things happen. But you can't tell me that in the moment that I was criticizing these people, it was warranted. It was very much deserved. They, they earned the criticism. You're three and five. You're not running the football. Your quarterback is playing way below standard. Your quarterback seems to have overstayed his welcome in the early part of the season. They were getting their asses kicked on a regular basis. They were getting embarrassed and humiliated on national TV. 
They look bad. This was a team not playing to a standard. And the 49ers have a standard. They're five-time world champions. So, yes, I've been very critical of the football team this season. I'm an honest person. I call what I see, as I say in the intro of this podcast, the man who calls it right down the middle. I don't care if it's, if it's my favorite football team. I'll still be critical of you. If you're a person in my everyday real life, you're a friend, if, I'm, if we're dating, if you're a girlfriend, I don't care who you are, I will be critical of you to varying degrees. You can be a family member. I'll, be, I'll still be critical of you. It doesn't matter. I'm critical of everything, including myself, including this podcast. I recorded a podcast last night. Didn't release it. You know why? Because I thought it sucked. I didn't like it. I thought it was garbage. The more I played it back, the more I heard it. I was like, this sucks. I was talking about college football and the NBA the whole week in sports. Try to recap the whole week in sports. I recorded it from start to finish. It's done. It's complete. I never put it out. And you know what happened? My Wi-Fi went down last night. As I was about to get ready to put the finishing touches on it to upload it, the Wi-Fi went down. And I looked at that as a sign. I looked at that as an omen. I was like, you know what? Maybe the universe is trying to tell you something right now. Do not put this bullshit out because you don't even like it. And the more I kept playing it back and playing it back and playing it back, I was like, this sucks. This is not good. This is my podcast. My name is on this. I'm very selective and very careful of what I put out. I don't just put out shit for the sake of putting out shit. So I'm critical of the 49ers. I'm also critical of myself. If I do something I feel like is substandard, below, below standard, subpar work, that I don't feel like it's up to a standard I've set and created on this podcast, it won't see the light of day. I've done eight podcasts that never got released. I never put out because I thought it was fucking bullshit. This is me. My name is on this. I record it. I speak into the microphone. I edit. I produce. I do all that shit as a one-man operation over here. But you all are a part of it, too. That's why I always say we here at the Deion Gordon Podcast, the loyal listeners and followers of this podcast, you are very much a part of this, too. But as far as the legwork is concerned, I'm the only person doing this shit. So when I put it out, or if I decide to put it out and I think it sucks, I won't put it out. I'm harsh, I'm critical, I'm judgmental, I'm extraordinarily difficult to please. I'm difficult to be around in general. This is why I can't maintain relationships. This is why I don't, there's no consistency with me, there's no longevity with any relationship I've ever been in. A woman ain't trying to hear that shit. A woman ain't trying to hear that you want more. You're never content, you're never satisfied. That's, that's the kind of person I am, no. I'm never content, I'm never satisfied, I always want more. I always think about life being as awesome as it possibly could be. And I get disappointed when things are not as awesome as I think it should be. I feel that way about myself and my everyday life and relationships and friends, family, whoever I'm dating. I feel that way about my favorite football team when they're not playing to a standard, when they're not as awesome as I think they should be. Yes, I will be highly critical of them. They will be maligned, ridiculed, and excoriated by Deion Saray Gordon because I think shit should work at an optimal level the majority of the time. Now, is that, is that possible? Is that even reasonable? No. But I'm an unreasonable person. I'll be the first one to tell you that. But once again, I just feel like shit should be awesome. I also feel like people should be held accountable when they're not operating at a high level. So when I look at the head coach like Kyle Shanahan, who's 33 and 40, now 34 and 40, and been there for five years and have four losing seasons out of one, I'm going to call that out. I'm going to say, you know what, this guy needs to be held accountable. How come no one's holding this guy accountable? 
when you're not doing well, I'll call it out. However, on the flip side of that, when you are doing well, when you're doing the correct and appropriate things, when you're being awesome, I have no problems, no qualms, no hesitation whatsoever about acknowledging the fact that you right now in this very moment are currently fucking awesome. And the San Francisco 49ers right now on Sunday, November the 28th in the year of our Lord 2021 on a three-game winning streak, kicking ass and taking names are fucking awesome. Kyle Shanahan's play calling, awesome. Debo Samuel, super califragilistic, espialidocious, fucking awesome. Elijah Mitchell, awesome. The defense, awesome. Aziz Al-Shahir, fucking awesome. Jimmy Garoppolo, okay, pretty good, decent, he's all right. But everything else is fucking awesome, and that's why they're on a three-game winning streak, and I possibly couldn't be happier. I'm happier than a pig and shit. What's the biggest reason for the three-game winning streak? They got back to basics. It's that simple. They've gotten back to the formula that worked in 2019, the infamous year of 2019, a year that will live in infamy among 49er fans. 2019, we've gotten back to basics. Run the football. Put the ball in the hands of your playmakers, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk. We had a Brandon Ayuk sighting. For the past three weeks. And what do you know? There's a direct correlation between Brandon Ayuk playing meaningful snaps and the 49ers winning football games. So when people like me were on podcasts like this, complaining about guys like Travis Benjamin and Muhammad Sanu getting big time, uh, big playing time, because it was fucking asinine for either one of those guys to be out there getting playing time over a guy like Brandon Ayuk. What's a noble concept? Play your best players. The best opportunity you have to win a football game is to play your best and most talented football players, which is one of the many things I kept complaining about for the first eight weeks of the season. It's a shame it took two months and into the month of November for Kyle Shanahan, the genius, to figure this out. If you want to win, play your best players and run the fucking football. Your quarterback is limited. He should not attempt more than 25 passes in a game. And that's been the formula the past couple weeks. Somewhere between 17 and 25 pass attempts throughout the course of the game, and the Niners keep winning. So enough of the bullshit. Without further ado, let's dive right into today's game. The San Francisco 49ers and Minnesota Vikings Sunday, November 28, 2021, in Levi's Stadium in beautiful Santa Clara, California, Silicon Valley. The stage was set to 5 and 5 49ers, the 5 and 5 Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota comes in with a high-powered offense. Kyle Shanahan's favorite quarterback, Kirk Cousins, rolled into this game with 21 touchdowns and two interceptions. That's one of the best touchdown to interception ratios I've ever seen. 21 touchdowns and two picks. Dalvin Cook out the backfield, dynamic top five running back in the NFL. Justin Jefferson on one side, Adam Thielen on the other. This is a high-powered, explosive offense. I knew this was going to be a test. I also knew in the back of my mind, Jimmy Garoppolo does not play well versus the Minnesota Vikings. He's had two games versus Minnesota before today. Week one of the 2018 season, terrible football game that day. Jimmy Garoppolo was 15 out of 33, 261 yards, one touchdown, and three picks in week one of 2018 versus the Minnesota Vikings. 2019 NFC Divisional Playoff game at home in Levi Stadium versus the Minnesota Vikings. Jimmy Garoppolo once again underwhelming. 
In that game, Garoppolo was 11 of 19, 131 yards, one touchdown, one interception, a hideous, putrid, abysmal abortion of an interception that he threw before halftime to linebacker Eric Kendricks, which prompted Kyle Shanahan to call 16 consecutive run plays. Tevin Coleman won that playoff game, not Jimmy Garoppolo. So the point I'm making is... Jimmy historically struggles versus Mike Zimmer and the Minnesota Vikings defense. So when you combine Jimmy's struggles versus Minnesota and the firepower that Minnesota was rolling with, I, as a 49er fan, was highly trepidatious about this particular football game. My approach to the 49ers as a fan, I'm similar to how legendary Washington Redskins head coach Joe Gibbs was and his approach to his football team. Joe Gibbs, when he was coaching the Redskins, and they were good. They were great. They won three Super Bowls with three different quarterbacks, none of which were in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. They were kicking ass in the 80s and early 90s with Joe Gibbs as their coach. But if you go back and watch any press conference with Joe Gibbs while he was head coach of the Washington Redskins, both tenures in the 80s and 90s, and then when he came back in the mid-2000s, you watch any press conference with head coach Joe Gibbs, you listen to him talk, you would swear he doesn't think his own football team can win that game that week. He gave the other team credit all the time and just basically had an all-shucks, southern, down-home country, you know, old man vibe to him. He was basically like, you know, if we win the game, we'll be lucky. If we do this, if we do that, if we execute, if we take care of the football, if we take the ball away from them, if we follow the game plan, if we're lucky, if we pray for it, if we ask God to help us out, Maybe somehow, some way, we can win this football game. It seemed like he never had confidence in his own team. And that might be the way I come across to certain people. I'm not, it's not that I, I don't have confidence in the 49ers. It's just that I have respect for the opponent. And I respect the Minnesota Vikings. That's a good football team, offensively, for the most part. Your defense is not what it was a couple of years ago when they had guys like Everson Griffin and Linval Joseph and Daniil Hunter and Anthony Barr and Eric Kendricks and Harrison Smith, those guys were in their prime a couple years ago. They still have some of those guys on the team. I'm not sure if those guys are currently in their prime. But my point is I respect the opponent. It's not that I'm shitting on my own team. It's not that I'm not a loyal fan. I'm not a part of the faithful, as some jackasses might assume. I just respect the opponent. So I look at the Minnesota Vikings, I see a formidable opponent, and I'm like, you know, they could win this game. And I really felt coming into this game that was going to be the outcome. I thought Minnesota was going to win this game. I'm not, I'm not bullshitting on that. I'm not going to hide that. I had my doubts. I had my worries. I was skeptical about the 49ers' chances to win this game. I thought it would be a competitive back-and-forth game, which is, which is what it was. I just didn't know if our defense, our secondary in particular, could slow down Jefferson and Thielen and really contain Minnesota's passing offense, much to my amazement much to my surprise I should say they did the Niners defense held up they only gave up 20 points in this game there was a special teams touchdown more on that later special teams was abysmal in this game that was easily the worst part of the game for the 49ers today offense was rolling defense played well special teams was complete dog shit they sucked no other way to put it the special teams was absolutely awful in this game today. Robbie Gold missed a field goal. He had another field goal that was good, but it hit the goal post and bounced over the crossbar. Fortunately for the 49ers, it caught some good breaks today that we don't that we weren't normally catching at the beginning of the season. But today's game, there were a lot of things that went our way. Turnovers, winning the turnover battle, 
that kick by Robbie Gold, hitting the goalpost and bouncing over the crossbar for a, a good field goal, and just overall good fortune. Certain penalties not being called. There were some plays here and there where it might have been defensive pass interference or illegal contact or a hold. The referees didn't call it. Whatever, I'll take it. Everything went the Niners' way today. So let's dive right into this. First possession in the game, Minnesota has the ball, quick three and out. Niners get the ball back. Jimmy Garoppolo throws a dart across the middle to Jawan Jennings running an in-breaking route. Wonderfully thrown football. Beautiful pass by Jimmy Garoppolo in this particular throw. It was third and five. This was a first down. Good job on his third down conversion. Well done by Jimmy and Jawan Jennings, who had a nice game today. Jawan Jennings seems to have established himself as that number three receiver on the team behind Debo and Brandon Ayuk. Juwan Jennings has been playing good football both as a receiver and as a blocker in, in, in the running game. So kudos to him. Credit to Juwan Jennings for stepping up his game and raising his level of play. Fast forward a couple of plays to third and 12, and we have our first appearance of bad Jimmy. Jittery Jimmy made an appearance early in the game, which I'm not even upset about because I, I bank on Jimmy fucking up at least once a week. And if you're going to fuck up, at least do it early. Get it out your system. Make that fuck up. Make that mistake in the first quarter, in the first possession in the game. Just go ahead and get it out of your system. You're going to fuck up anyway. You're Jimmy Garoppolo. This is what you do. So on this particular play, it's third and 12. Minnesota is showing cover two, which basically means that the two deep safeties are going to take the, the halves of the field, leaving the middle of the field wide open. That's how it looks pre-snap. After the ball is snapped, Harrison Smith is not playing cover two anymore. Now he slips down a little further into a robber position. Now it's cover one. You have one safety playing over the top, but Harrison Smith has now occupied that middle of the field that Jimmy Garoppolo thought was vacated. He's trying to hit Debo Samuel over the middle of the field on an in-breaking route. Doesn't see Harrison Smith. Harrison steps in, makes the pick. Possession belongs to Minnesota. This was Jimmy Garoppolo's fault. He fucked up. Could not, could not read the coverage, did not read the coverage, whatever. Either way, he did not see Harrison Smith slip down to that robber position and take away the football from him. Didn't see it. Goes to the sideline. The camera follows him and Kyle Shanahan. And Kyle Shanahan goes over to Jimmy on the bench and just cusses him out, basically. I mean, you can see him. He's putting his play sheet over his mouth to try to, I guess, hide what he's saying. But you can tell by the body language and the way Jimmy was just kind of nodding his head and giving Jimmy credit. He just took it. He didn't really you know, try to respond back. He knew that was his fuck-up. He knew that was his fault. And Kyle is just letting him have it and just laying into him and telling him, basically, this is, this is wrong. He even said in the postgame, that throw, that pick was inexcusable. You could see how pissed off and bothered Kyle Shanahan was by that pick that Jimmy Garoppolo threw in the first 49er possession of the game. Bad Jimmy made his appearance. But like I said, go ahead and get it out of your system early. Now we move on. Minnesota has the football. Minnesota puts together a drive, hit a quick screen pass to Dalvin Cook, first down. Next play is a flea flicker. Kirk Cousins hands the ball off to Dalvin Cook, who then stops, pitches the ball back to Kirk Cousins. Cousins fires a dime to Adam Thielen, short side to the boundary. Josh Norman, as usual, is late getting over there. First down, first and goal, Minnesota inside the 10-yard line. A few plays later, Cousins hits Thielen once again in the back of the end zone. He goes through one touch. No one picks him up. How do you not pick up Adam Thielen? He's one of the best receivers in the NFL. 
So this is a blown coverage. This is a misassignment. How do you not pick up Adam Thielen? Jimmy Ward's too late getting over there. By the, by the time Jimmy gets there, the ball's already in Adam Thielen's hands. Touchdown, Minnesota Vikings. They're already on the board. 7-0 Minnesota. 49ers have the football. How do they answer? How do they respond to this turnover by Jimmy Garoppolo and the subsequent touchdown by the Minnesota Vikings? It's third and 13. Jimmy's back to pass. Shotgun formation. When the Niners are in shotgun, that's a dead giveaway. Jimmy's going to throw it. When he's under center, it's going to be a run play. That's kind of how it goes. I think 88% of Jimmy's passes in the past four weeks have been out of shotgun formation. But Jimmy's in shotgun, third and 13. The pocket's collapsing a little bit. Give him credit. Hangs in there. Stays patient. Slides his feet a little bit. Avoids contact. And fires a pass down the middle of the field to Brandon Ayuk. First down, 49ers chains moving. Now we got a drive going. Now, on that first drive of the game, Kyle inexplicably had Jimmy come out and try to throw the football. He was high. He was inaccurate. He was off schedule. He was way out of sorts on that first drive of the game. His passes were higher than California gas prices. He was inept on that first drive of the game. This second drive of the game, get back to basics. Establish the run, your foundation, your identity, your principles of who you are as a football team. Now we got Elijah Mitchell getting involved. Hand off up the middle for positive yardage. A toss play to the right. He stays patient, makes a beautiful cut. Back to the middle of the field. The middle would open wide up. Trent Williams destroyed somebody on the block in this play, as per usual, with number 71. He does that on every play because Trent Williams is fucking awesome. Elijah Mitchell with a nice cut back. First down, 49ers. The very next play, first and 10, Debo Samuel, my guy, Tyshawn Raekwon Debo Samuel, is lined up in the backfield, and this spells imminent disaster for the opposing defense whatever number 19 is lined up in the backfield as I said on the last podcast Debo Samuel is not just a receiver he's not just a running back he is a fucking weapon an AK-47 a rocket launcher a grenade launcher a mace a ball and chain a flamethrower a sniper rifle Debo Samuel is a fucking weapon hand off to Debo Samuel off the right side off the edge taking it down the sideline scores Touchdown, San Francisco, 49ers answer right back, 7-7. Now we got a ball game. Minnesota gets the ball back. They have a third and one in about the 30-yard line. The play is blown up in the backfield. It's a handoff to Dalvin Cook. He's tackled in the backfield for a loss by one of the newest additions to the 49ers, Charles Omenwehu, who we just picked up from the Houston Texans about a month ago. Makes an awesome, excellent, phenomenal tackle. Great read on this play. Uh, great discipline. Great job all around by Omenwehu. Wonderful play, brought down Dalvin Cook. 49ers next possession. Elijah Mitchell with a nice run off the left side. First down, 49ers. Now we get into a third and six. Daniel Brunskill gets put on a leash and taken for a walk directly back into the face of Jimmy Garoppolo. This frees up another Vikings defender to come in and pick up the sack, bringing that drive to an end. Now it's Minnesota football. Cousins hooks up with Justin Jefferson on two nice passes to get the ball down to about the 40-yard line. Minnesota's got momentum. They're moving the football. Play action. Cousins r- rolls to his left, sets his feet, fires a fucking dart to the end zone. Adam Thielen coming across the middle on a deep crosser. Tawanoa Hafunga either forgot what he was doing or lost his assignment or thought Thielen was going to carry that play, carry that route a little bit further. Thielen made a great adjustment to come back to the football. Well-thrown ball by Kirk Cousins. Those guys have great chemistry. They've been playing with each other for a long time. I'm not even mad about this play. I don't even blame Hafunga for this play. It is what it is. Shit like that just happens sometimes. Touchdown, Minnesota Vikings, 14-7. 49ers get the ball back, have a quick three and out. Jimmy tries to throw a deep out. 
So George Kittle, the pass is broken up by Xavier Woods. And at this point in the game, I'm starting to get nervous. I'm thinking to myself, you know, Minnesota's already up 14-7. We're kind of stuck in the mud, back-to-back, bad possessions. Jimmy already threw a pick. He looks jittery. He looks shaky out there, inaccurate, indecisive, lacking confidence. We might get run off the field. Fortunately, I was wrong. 14-7, ball goes back to Minnesota. But now it's the 49ers' defense turn and their opportunity to answer the challenge, to rise up and compensate for the offensive woes to begin the game. Nick Bosa picks up his 11th sack in 11 games. This guy's coming off a torn ACL last season. Typically, it takes guys about a year, maybe two years, to get back to 100% post-ACL reconstruction. This guy appears to be either as good as or maybe even better than what he was in 2019, his rookie season, I have to look it up. I don't think he had 11 sacks total that entire year. He's got 11 sacks in this season and 11 football games played. And that sack took them off schedule because now it ends up being a third and 16. They throw a little screen pass to Dalvin Cook, stopped short, got to punt the ball back to the 49ers. So the defense held Minnesota in check and set the stage for a game-altering drive. This is when the 49ers seized control of the football game. This was a pivotal moment. This was huge right here. This was a 15-play, 85-yard drive that took 8 minutes and 20 seconds off the clock. The Niners had the ball, starting this possession with 8.38 left to go in the second quarter. They basically ran the rest of the quarter out until halftime. This was the game-winning drive, essentially the game-winning drive in the second quarter. This was consistent with what you saw a week ago of, uh, against Jacksonville in the first quarter where they pretty much had the, the ball the entire first quarter. Two weeks ago on Monday night versus the Rams, opening possession, 18-play drive, take about 10 minutes off the clock. This is complimentary football. Your offense has the ball for 15, 16, 17, 18 plays, chewing up clock, keeping your defense on the sideline, at the same time wearing down the opposing team's defense, this is the definition of complimentary football. This is how you win football games. They're running the football with Elijah Mitchell chewing up clock. And then when Jimmy had to make throws, he was awesome on this drive. He did his job on this drive. Every now and then, Jimmy's good for like three drives per game where he's going to operate at a high level, where he's going to be otherworldly. And on this particular drive, he was razor sharp. That pass to Warner early in the drive was nice. The pass of the game for the 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo's best throw in the game, in my opinion. Third and 11, ball spotted at the 30-yard line, shotgun formation. Jimmy sets up his feet, throws a fucking dart across the middle to Brandon Ayuk, who's running a post. In between two defenders, the ball was perfectly thrown. This is quarterbacking. This is the correct and appropriate way to play the position, Jimmy. This is what the fuck I'm talking about. Why can't you just be this way all the time? This is what I'm talking about. This throw took me out my seat. I was like, okay, Jimmy, wow. Every now and then you show it to me. Every now and then you got something. Every now and then you're cooking with grease. This was fish grease. This throw was fish grease. That's how hot this throw was. Wonderfully thrown football. Beautiful, phenomenal, expertly thrown football by Jimmy Garoppolo. I cannot, I cannot give enough superlatives to accurately describe how much I enjoyed this pass by Jimmy Garoppolo to Brendan Ayuk on third and 11 to keep this drive going. And then a few plays later, sprint right option. 
That's a 49er play. If you're a 49er fan and you're unfamiliar with the words sprint right option, guess what? You're not really a 49er fan. Do your history. That's the play the Niners ran to beat the Cowboys in the 1982 NFC Championship game. 1981, I'm sorry. 1981 NFC Championship game. Joe Montana rolling to his right, design rollout. Hits the late, great Dwight Clark in the back of the end zone. Sprint right option. Kyle Shanahan calls his play at the goal line. This time, instead of being Joe Montana and Dwight Clark, it's Jimmy Garoppolo and Juwan Jennings. Touchdown 49ers. Ball game tied at 14. Going into halftime, let's fucking go. And the Niners had the ball coming out of halftime. First drive coming out of the locker room. Elijah Mitchell doing work on the ground as usual. And we 49er fans once again get to enjoy the beautiful splendor and wondrous merriment, otherwise known as Tyshawn, Raekwon, Debo Samuel, carrying the team on his back. With all due respect to Jonathan Taylor, the star running back for the Indianapolis Colts, that he might very well be the best running back currently in pro football with the absence of Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor is a front runner, is very much deservedly so in the MVP conversation. But another guy who should be in the MVP conversation, I've said this on the podcast before, Debo Samuel should be somewhere in that MVP conversation. I don't think he's going to win it, but can we at least talk about this? Can we at least make this a national conversation? Debo Samuel should be in the MVP conversation. No ifs, ands, or buts. There's no argument to be made against this. Without Debo Samuel, the 49ers would be a 2-8 and eight football team. Plain and fucking simple. He is carrying this football team. The big play of the drive was a little end-around reverse action to Debo Samuel. He carries it about 40-something yards down to about the 30-yard line. Next play, George Kittle makes his first catch of the game on a tight end screen. Gets down inside the 10-yard line. Then we hand it off to Debo Samuel again. Touchdown, San Francisco. Feels great, baby. 49ers go up now 21-14. Debo Samuel should have a fucking statue in front of Levi's Stadium, man. Let's go all the way with this. MVP talk. Put his name in the ring of honor already. Give him a statue. Retire his jersey. No one else could ever wear number 19 for the 49ers ever again. Debo Samuel is the bee's knees and the cat's meow. The dude is incredible. On the ensuing Minnesota possession, Captain Kirk Cousins throws an inexplicably horrible A horrendous interception. This was bad. Cousins is trying to hit Adam Thielen on a little curl route. Does not see Aziz Al-Shahir sitting underneath on the route. Easy interception for Shahir, who might have scored if Fred Warner had done a better job at blocking. That's neither here nor there. Ball gets down inside the five-yard line. First play from scrimmage. Elijah Mitchell takes it in for six. Now it's 28-14, 49ers. Next possession for Minnesota, they take it down the field easily. That shit was lickety split. They made that look like nothing. That was like taking candy from a baby on that Minnesota possession. They take it all the way down the field. Dalvin Cook scores on a touchdown. Josh Norman misses a tackle in the backfield. Now it was 28-20 San Francisco because Minnesota missed the extra point. Next possession, San Francisco takes it down, has to settle for a field goal. Robbie Gold doinks it off the goal post over the crossbar. Fortunately, a fortuitous bounce for the 49ers. San Francisco now goes up 31-20 on the kickoff, giving the ball back to Minnesota. They take it back 90 yards for a touchdown and make it 31-26, two-point conversion, not good. Kirk Cousins missed a wide-open Justin Jefferson in the end zone. Terrible pass, threw it into the fucking ground. I don't know what was going on with Cousins today. 
he was out of sorts. The 49ers defense had a little bit to do with that, I guess, even though he only got sacked once. But Cousins, this was a, this was a layup. It's an easy throw to make the Justin Jefferson in, in the end zone to get a two-point conversion. That was huge because you made that two-point conversion. It's 31-28. Now you're only down by a field goal at that juncture of the game. You can't leave points on the field in this league against good quality football teams. And the Niners in the past couple weeks anyway have shown and proved to be a good quality football team. You miss an extra point. That's one point. You miss a two-point conversion. That's two points. That's three points you left on the field. But either way, it's 31-26 San Francisco after the kickoff return for a touchdown. San Francisco gets the ball back. Couldn't do anything with it. Had to give the ball back to Minnesota. Hand off to Dalvin Cook. He gets hit by Kevin Givens. Fumbles the football. Goes down in a very awkward way. His legs, his knees is buckled on him. Apparently, they said it was a shoulder injury, but it looked like he did something to his legs. He ends up getting carted off the field. You hope he's okay. Uh, once again, I hate seeing players get hurt, especially good football players like Dalvin Cook, a guy I respect and appreciate coming out of Florida State. Been a big fan of Dalvin Cook for a long time. Hope he's okay. But Niners took possession of the football, had to settle for a field goal, make it 34-26. The third quarter was fucking bonkers. It's 14-14 going into halftime. And in the third quarter alone, the Niners scored 20 points, Minnesota scores 12 points, a 20-12 third quarter for the 49ers. And that was the game, really. The fourth quarter, no one scored. It was 34-26 going into the fourth quarter, and that was your final score. That's how the game ended, 34-26 San Francisco. The Niners' defense stepped up and made plays in the fourth quarter. Minnesota had the ball, I want to say, at the five-yard line. They have third and goal, which turns in the fourth and goal. Cousins throws a pass intended for Justin Jefferson. Too high, goes out of the back of the end zone, turnover on downs. The Niners held it together enough, even with Josh Norman getting defensive pass interferences, but it was enough. The Niners were able to hold on, win this football game. The game was a little bit too dicey at the end. They had a long drive, another long drive at the end of the game where Robbie Gold could have put the game away if he had made a field goal to make it 37-26. Would have been a two-score game with less than two minutes to go. It's pretty much a guaranteed win. Robbie Gold missed it. Like I said earlier, special teams are a huge issue throughout this entire game. A missed kick, another kick that could have been missed, and a 99-yard kickoff return for a touchdown. Special teams was easily the worst unit of the 49er football team today, but the offense and defense were good enough to put up 34 points, hold Minnesota to 26, and win this football game. Team win, complimentary football, three-game winning streak, 6-5, and five, currently fifth in the NFC playoff race right now. Six, I'm sorry. They were seven going into the game, now six. It's a step in the right direction. A few weeks ago, you were nowhere near the playoffs. You were not even going to sniff the playoffs this year. I say on this podcast, I'll own it. I don't mind owning what I said. I said the Niners are not going to make the playoffs this year. I hope I'm wrong. I hope this three-game win streak is, is not for nothing. I hope it leads to something. Three-game winning streak, 6-5, six sixth place in the NFC, trending upwards, on their way to the playoffs, it seems. The remaining schedule, on paper anyway, you never know how these things can break. But on paper, not that difficult. The Cincinnati game worries me. The game this Sunday versus Seattle. Seattle was 16-4 against the 49ers with Russell Wilson at quarterback. This is not a guaranteed layup, slam dunk victory that the 49ers are going to go on the road against Seattle. Even though Seattle's a, a down team this year, they're beleaguered, they're only a three-win football team this year, it's not a guarantee the Niners are going to go on the road to Seattle and come out with a victory. That's a, 
The Niners have only won one game in Seattle since 2011. That was that Week 17 game, the battle for the NFC West, where the division title came down to the very last game of the season, NBC Sunday Night Football. That was a game where Dre Greenlaw stepped up and made the tackle with the goal line to keep Seattle out the end zone. And that game spurred the Niners on to a Super Bowl run because they finished up 13-3, won the NFC West, got a first round by. Seattle had to go on the road to play Philadelphia the following week and, and then ended up losing to Green Bay in the divisional round. San Francisco took care of Minnesota in the divisional round and beat Green Bay in the NFC Championship game before getting to the Super Bowl and losing to Kansas City. Don't want to talk about that anymore. But that's the last time, one time, one victory the Niners have in Seattle since 2011. So I'm not going to say this is a guarantee win. The Niners are going to go on the road and handle business against Seattle. That's a tough place to play at. And that team, for better or for worse, has owned the 49ers in the Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll era. That's just what it is. 16-4, 16-4. So you're 6-5 right now. Happy about that, obviously. Trending in the right direction. Upward trajectory. Let's see how it plays out down the stretch. A few housekeeping notes to take care of before I get up, get up out of here. Dre Greenlaw, who had been out since week one versus Detroit with a growing injury, came back today and re-aggravated that growing injury. He was out for the rest of the game. But fortunately for him, Aziz Alshire, who I mentioned earlier with the interception, had an outstanding game. He played out of his mind today. Eight tackles for Aziz Alshahir today. One pick, one pass defense, one fumble recovery. Started game at weak side linebacker, ended up calling plays at middle linebacker. Awesome. The Niners linebacking core might be from top to bottom the strongest unit on the football team. I think it is. You look at everyone that got playing linebacker. Aziz Alshahir, Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, all three of those guys were fucking phenomenal. Quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo on the afternoon. 17 of 26, 230 yards. 8.8 yards of completion, one touchdown, one pick, sacked two times for 52 yards. Quarterback rating QBR 52.3, passer rating of 90.2. Jimmy was up and down. You know, he wasn't – if I had to grade it, if I had to rank it on a scale of 1 to 10, I'd say Jimmy was a 6. Yeah, scale of 1 to 10, I'd give it – I'll give it a six. Like I said, he made some timely throws on third downs, threw some darts here and there, showed you something from time to time, as he always does. He'll always show you glimpses. He's a tease. He'll always give you a little bit to get your hopes up. And then some other throws, some other plays, some other decisions are going to be less than desired. 17, 26, 230, whatever it was. Like I said, start off the game, terrible. Jittery Jimmy was out in full force in the, for, in the first quarter. Some errant throws, inaccurate. But in the, o, the overall totality of the situation, he didn't cost the team the game. He made plays on schedule when they, were, when they were appropriate to be made. He answered the call. He was good enough for the 49ers to win. So scale 1 to 10, I'll give Jimmy a 6. Not bad, not great, somewhere in the middle. Pretty decent, okay, fairly good. Elijah Mitchell, 27 carries for 133 yards, 4.9 yards a carry, one touchdown. Debo Samuel, six carries, 66 yards, 11 yards an attempt, two touchdowns. He was the deciding factor in the game. Debo Samuel, league MVP Debo Samuel, I'm going to speak this into existence, won the football game for the 49ers for the third week in a row. Debo, I can't say enough about Debo Samuel. The guy is just 
on a different level, on a different planet right now from everyone else. He got banged up during the game. No, they said a growing injury from him. He missed the entire fourth quarter. No coincidence that Debo misses the fourth quarter and the Niners don't score in the fourth quarter. You hope it's nothing major. Hope he's okay. Fred Warner went out in the second quarter, I want to say. Didn't really see him too much in the second half. I think that was also a growing. Uh, Trey Sermon injured an ankle throughout the game on kick return coverage. He got taken off in a cart. You hope it's not too bad. You see a guy on a cart. You see his teammates consoling him. It's, it's worrisome. It's troubling. So you hope it's not too bad with Trey Sermon. I thought Tom Compton did a great job at right tackle. I got to, I guess, apologize to him. You know, I'm a man. I'm man enough to apologize and say I'm sorry. I criticized this dude. I called him a piece of shit several times. I said he wasn't good. I, I scoffed at the notion of him playing right tackle with not Jalen Moore. They kind of interchanged both those guys throughout the, throughout the uh, entirety of the game. But Tom Compton did a good job in pass protection and in run blocking. So salute to him. Great job by Tom Compton. Keep up the good work. Nice. It was a great win. It's a good feeling to see your favorite football team win. It's fun to watch. Uh, debated about going to the game today. Decided not to. Stayed at the crib. Watched the game on TV. The more I think about it, I think it's actually a better experience to watch the game, watch a football game anyway, on TV as opposed to going to the stadium because there's so much that you miss when you're at the stadium. Like when I went to the game a couple weeks ago uh, versus the Cardinals, I had to come back the day later and watch the game over on TV because there was so much I missed. I was at the game and missed like half of it. Either you can't see or someone's in your way or someone's trying to talk to you, distracting you, or you go take a piss or you know, you're standing in line at the concessions or whatever. There's a, whole, a lot of shit going on when you're actually at the game. It's fun, but to actually watch and invest in the game is very difficult. So watch the game at home on TV today. This is it's better for me as a podcaster because I can analyze it better and really just dive into it and just figure out what's going on and see what's going on from all the different TV camera angles and everything else. But either way, whether you're there in person at Levi's or watching it on TV, when the Niners win, it's a good feeling. Save for this moment, Niners fans. We were doing bad the first few months of the season. Kyle Shanahan seems to have figured things out, got back to basics, established the run, keep it on the ground, be physical at the point of attack, and make the other team Make a play. Chew up clock. Time of possession for this game. San Francisco, 37 minutes and 7 seconds. Minnesota, 22 minutes, 53 seconds. For the third week in a row, the Niners win time of possession. For the third week in a row, the Niners win a football game. First downs, San Francisco, 23, Minnesota, 17. Total yards, San Francisco, 423, Minnesota, 323. Total plays, San Francisco, 67, Minnesota 52, turnovers. Minnesota had two turnovers, a pick by Kirk Cousins and a fumble by Dalvin Cook. San Francisco, just the one turnover, the pick that was thrown by Jimmy Garoppolo. All these things are consistent with winning football games. You win the turnover battle, you win time and possession, you only commit five penalties. This is consistent with winning football. Let's hope, it, let's hope they can keep it up. Keep, keep the goodwill up. Keep the positive momentum, the good mojo, whatever you want to call it. Keep it going in the right direction. Like I said, the schedule on paper doesn't look that bad, but Seattle's not a gimme. Cincinnati's a good football team. Tennessee's a Thursday night game on a short week, cross-country flight, West Coast team going to Nashville, Tennessee. We play Atlanta the week before that, the Sunday before that, and then got to get on the plane on a short week and play against Tennessee to me, that's like a scheduled loss. Hope I'm wrong. I always hope I'm wrong when I say these things. I don't always want to be right. 
Most of the time I am right. I'm arrogant enough to say that, but I don't always want to be right. Sometimes I want to be wrong. I hope the Niners beat Tennessee. Prove me wrong. But the schedule is not that bad. The Niners could very well win the five or six of the remaining seven games on the schedule and finish up 10, 11 wins, 11 and six, which is what I predicted at the beginning of the season. I said something between 11 and six, 12 and five, something along those lines. It's all right there in front of them. They control their own destiny. Currently, as it stands right now, they're in the playoffs. Keep it that way. All you got to do is go out there and win football games on a weekly basis. Go make the playoffs. Have a winning season for the second time in five years. Kyle Shanahan, prove me wrong and shut people like me the fuck up. I challenge you to do it. Good win. I'll celebrate with a glass of Pinot Noir. Bougie. Low-class snob. That's how I define myself. It's all good, though. It's all love. 49ers win. I'm happy. I'm ecstatic. I'm jubilant. All that. I'm over the moon, etc. Uh, next podcast will be recapping the entire week, the other games, the other teams, and week 13 in the NFL season. And then I'm going to try to do a podcast about the college football playoff. Uh, it's going to be announced on Tuesday, the latest rankings for the top four teams to potentially make the college football playoffs. My thoughts and musings about that. So stay tuned. Be on the lookout for that. Once again, appreciate you listening to the Deion Gordon podcast. Very much appreciative. Always humble. Uh, grateful. Humble. All the above. Whatever the fuck I'm trying to say. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, picture me rolling. I'm out.